Welcome to the Future Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to help create more female leaders in the workplace. In today's episode, I'm going to share another episode where I was a guest on Coffee Talk with Brohawk with Mark Brody, and I'm sharing it because when I am speaking with Mark, we talk a lot about how to raise and amplify women voices in the workplace. This is a great episode to tune into if you are wanting to become more aware of how you can continue to make an impact and raise the voices of other women in your organization as well. Especially as you're working to grow into a leadership position, these are great things to be thinking about as you step into that role and ensuring that that stays a top priority to you as far as how to continue to be inclusive and to raise the voices of these different people who work for you in your organization. But real quick, before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that I have upcoming cohorts available for the Future Leaders program. So if you've been working towards your first leadership position and you want additional help and guidance to help you prepare in advance so that transition is so much easier and more smooth for you, you're going to want to join one of the upcoming cohorts. Right now, I have some discounts at 50% off, so you're going to want to check them out quick before those are no longer available. Head over to the link in the show notes to learn more. All right, let's jump into the episode where I was a guest with Mark Brody. As an outsider looking into an organization, how can you tell if coaching and, and developing women uh, leaders is, is a priority? And, and is it even effective within an organization as an outsider looking in? How can you tell? Yeah, great, great question. So a lot of companies that I talk with in efforts of really growing and expanding their leadership for being more inclusive and focusing on DEI efforts overall. Of course, I come in focusing on how can we help women stand out more in the workplace and feel that support because it's different for men versus women. And as a general outlook, of course, there's all of the other um, nuances as well. But when I'm talking to a company and I mean, really, you could show me your organizational chart and I can tell you real quick if DEI efforts or really women in leadership is important to you. If it's all older white men, it's probably maybe something that you aspire to do, but maybe aren't taking the right action on. And and those are two key parts. It's we all want to be doing more and we feel the responsibility to do more. But what action are we actually taking versus something like the writing on the wall or the the words that are written in our handbooks? Uh, it's in our action. So what are we doing to support these people to provide you know, mentorship opportunities or to have certain, you know, support groups around the women in your organizations to help lift them up. And I think that's so important to allow them to have a voice. And, you know, if you have, let's say, for example, a maternity leave policy that was created by men, and maybe some of these men don't have children of their own. So 
how do you know that it's a really great policy for the people who are actually going to be utilizing it? Uh, yes. So it's different things like that where people making certain decisions higher up maybe aren't getting a full picture if they aren't including women or people of color people to build that inclusive. If you're focused on inclusivity and and building a great culture where people feel safe at work, that that's a huge effort. So yes, simply seeing an organizational chart, I can tell you real quick if any of that is has been done or kind of what work we need to do. You know, one of the I, I actually listened to one of your your podcasts, not actually, but I listened to a lot of your podcasts. But one of the one of the episodes that I listened to recently was talking about, you know, being heard in meetings. Uh, and, you know, I think as an outsider looking in, if you sit in on a meeting, that's going to give you a, a real, a real either big green flag or red flag. Something's working or not working. What, what do you think about that? Yes, such a big one. And that was a popular episode where, yeah, people sometimes more introverted people don't feel like they have an opportunity to speak up or perhaps it's people who maybe are a little bit more overly aggressive i'm someone who yeah i'm i'm a female but i have no problem voicing my opinion in meetings but that took a lot of time and years to grow that the grit and the resilience and and filling that foundation of psychological safety in the workplace by my leaders to mm -hmm. push back on what they are saying to feel like regardless of what I say, it's still a safe place to share my thoughts and opinions. So yeah, especially as sometimes men are wondering, how can I support my the females in the workplace? And I can remember a specific situation of someone doing that in an entry-level position. He said, how can I you know, provide women more of a voice in this organization? And it just brought tears to my eyes because- I, I thought that was so amazing that he's saying, how can I be that ally to these women in the workplace and give them that voice? And I've had so many amazing male colleagues and male leaders who have nice, okay, how can I have this person who's slightly more introverted or more quiet in a group setting, but we've had amazing one-on-ones. How can I get them to share their opinion? And it's a big part of having those communications outside of your meetings and saying, hey, if we talk about let's say it's whatever subject, it's talking about culture building and you have a lot of valuable opinion. Would you be okay if I invite you to share those in a group setting if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself? So it's those little small things that men and other women can do to help support people who maybe are a little bit more quiet or more apprehensive to share their thoughts and let them get their feet a little bit wet because it's not always the loudest person speaking who you know, is maybe going to make the most impact at an organization. You know, one of the things that, that you just brought up there that I, I, I feel is very insightful is a leader in a meeting should never assume that somebody is okay to speak up. And it's important to always ask permission if this is okay and, and make sure, because you don't want to single somebody out. You don't want somebody to feel more uncomfortable, you know, especially women who aren't used to being called out in a positive way, you know, for their, uh, for the, for the thoughts and, and ideas that they have to share with the rest of the group in a meeting setting. And it, you got to ask that permission, I, I would assume. I found that in my career, that's something that I've done and I've been able to do very successfully in, in, but it, it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've had great leaders who say, 
you know, let's say, for example, they're calling on me and saying, hey, Nicole, did you have anything you wanted to add? Or they allow for a pause. And, you know, sometimes that is the awareness of the leader who's owning that meeting. If there are people or maybe it's one person, we all have that like one person who really dominates a meeting and it's having conversations as well with those people in a separate meeting or experience where you're saying, hey, you know, I appreciate your thoughts so much and I really value the rest of the team as well. And what I'm perceiving when you're speaking, because I'm looking out at the room and and watching other people as they are receiving what you're saying. Sometimes I feel like people aren't opening up because you are so quick to respond to everything that I'm saying. So kind of figuring out the ways with some of the people who are a little bit more willing to share their opinion to say, hey, your opinion is absolutely valuable. How can we make it so that other people also have room to speak and having that moment of quiet to allow people to share their thoughts as well? Yeah, I, I think it's a great point. You know, you talked a little bit about about mentoring, you know, in our in our opening as well. And leadership diversity is so important. What role does mentoring play for women looking to be promoted into, you know, next levels or senior leadership levels? Yeah, yeah. Mentoring is so big. And it's funny because when you say the word mentorship, it seems so official. Like I need to have yes. an official paperwork that says like, I am a mentor or like I am being mentored. Because when I talk about this often on my podcast of finding a mentor, I'll have people reach out and they're like, well, like I talked to, you know, someone in my workplace who's like a couple levels ahead. Is that a mentor? Does it have to be official? And so yeah, there's so much need for for that. And it doesn't need to be official by any means. It can be inside the workplace. I think it's extremely helpful to have a mentor inside the workplace. Hopefully that is your leader. But in addition to that, looking for someone outside of that. So if you have a male leader, where is a female leader or someone of a different color or race or a gender identification than you so that you can have that different experience with them, we tend to, you know, connect with people who look like us and who sound like us. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense in some ways why there are a lot of companies that have that leadership structure of white men because they that's that's who they are naturally drawn to. So it does take additional effort to connect with people who are outside of that initial comfort zone, so to say. So reaching out and, and having conversations, building those relationships turn into a mentor kind of relationship where it's someone you can go ask for their advice. Hey, what do you think of this? Hey, I'm looking to grow into this role. What do you think I could do to prepare for that? So anyone who's in a the role that you're looking to be in, that's exactly what I suggest in several podcast episodes when looking for a mentor to go and check out on LinkedIn, search that title and find other people at other companies in that role so that you can start networking with them, right? We, we want to be talking with people who are in the places we want to be at to really know, is this where I want to go? Is this the position that I'd be actually interested in, right? We we sometimes start a job and we're like, oh, this isn't the right place for me. <laughs> How could you help avoid that or learn what you're interested in than actually talking to someone who's doing that day in, day out and understanding what they're doing as well? You know, the, the power of networking is so important. And 
and I sometimes think that it, people that are within a, within an organization will sometimes have a certain lens that they see everything through. So it's important to network, as you said, network outside of your organization and get that different perspective, get that different lens. How, how can this situation, it totally removes any of the politics or preconceived notions about a person or an area or anything like that. If you can get that, that, that other lens, and I love what you brought up about, it doesn't even have to be someone with, with the same gender identification or race or ethnicity or anything like that. Anybody can be a mentor to anyone else, but as a mentee, would you say you have to be open to seeing things through someone else's look to understand, you know, the, you know, what it's going to take to get to that next level? Yeah. Yeah. As a mentee, I think it's great to, to search for those mentors in a way that yes, other organizations thinking of, let's say, so my experience recently has been more in like tech companies. So mm -hmm. I would look for some mentors in tech type of roles, but then I'm also going to look at some mentors who mentor opportunities for people who work for very well-established companies because there are so many different nuances of leadership style between these different types of roles and organizations. So yes, as the mentee, you're absorbing everything that you are learning from these interactions. And these are, you know, they don't, again, don't have to be super formal. You can honestly write a post on LinkedIn that says, hey, I am looking for a mentor. This is where I'm at in my career. This is where I want to go. I'd love to be connected with anyone who you know who are in these roles and have them tag them or say, hey, I'd love to be introduced through, you know, a DM or whatever that looks like asking for what you need and being really specific because someone may not even identify as a mentor, right? We just are wanting to help people. So we don't say, oh, I'm and I'm a mentor, right? It kind of naturally creates that title when you're building relationships with people and Likely you even at an entry level can be a mentor to other people in your organization as well. So people sometimes like hold that on a pedestal, but I'm not, no, you can create a post on LinkedIn or ask someone else to create the post who has maybe a bigger following than you and, and see how you can get connected with people and then be that sponge soaking things up and thinking, okay, I'm going to try that on or Maybe you're like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that, but it's cool to know these different experiences. And I think so often we're missing those pieces of learning what other people are experiencing or what their methodologies are because we might have a one track mind because we've learned from one leader. So we think that's the one way and that's simply not the case. I, I would completely agree with that. And you know, you brought up the, you know, the, the entry level or, or, you know, those junior levels that are really looking for, nobody comes into an office. And like you said, they don't have a badge. Hello, my name is mentor or hello, my name is mentee. You know, it, it just doesn't work like that. And, and, you know, people are always going to, you know, naturally gravitate to people that have similar, similar likes or similar experiences to them. But you know, a big part of the mentoring process is, is being okay to get out of your comfort zone and understand, you know, I, I hate to say walk a, walk a, a mile in someone else's shoes, because sometimes that's not always as easy as, as it sounds. Yeah. So how can, how can women in entry level or junior roles really become more proactive with the coaching conversation? You know, they're, they, they go in, you know, a person goes into a, 
a conversation and and they're just not getting the coaching that's needed. It's all about numbers or it's very superficial. How can how can women in in those types of roles become more proactive with with getting out of coaching what they need? Definitely. So I think in and in my experience with my roles working for call centers is so much is put on leaders to be leading these teams and helping, you know, move things along with those metrics and the accountability. And, you know, your one-on-one with your boss might be only 30 minutes every other week, if that, and maybe they're pushing it off. And so you'll feel like super deprioritized and that can be really frustrating. That's why people quit their bosses, not their jobs, because they don't feel that support. So I think something that is really important is taking control of what you can. So in those conversations, if you are building a great relationship with your leader, talking about, hey, I'd love to like, don't give them full control of how how your one-on-one is put together. Suggest other ideas and say, hey, I'd love to learn more about what your thoughts are on this, or I'd love to learn more about what your experience was like, learn how they grew up into their role if if you aspire to grow into other positions. Again, networking internally is so important. People often mistake that as office politics, but if you're doing it with good intentions, that networking ability and building those friendships and showing people what your strengths are and your opportunities for improvement people are going to want to work with you because they can they can picture that and they they know what they're getting versus someone from the outside coming in they're not quite sure what they're going to get other than you know an initial interview let's say so um very important to take control over what you can and you know having conversations if there are opportunities for skip levels meaning you meet with the leader above your leader or there are opportunities to provide feedback to your team i always say i hope you're giving your your leader the benefit of the doubt as often as possible assume the best and say hey how can we make these coaching sessions a little bit more fruitful so we're not only feeling talking about numbers cuz i feel kind of like a statistic sharing that with them and say hey do you think we could talk about this or Hey, like I started reading this, like, could we read a book together or what does that look like? And start suggesting some ideas and Mm -hmm. see what they're open to, because some of these leaders didn't get any training, right? They got promoted maybe because they were good at their job and they're not actually the best leader because you know, that transition, you don't get a lot of training. You kind of learn on the go and, and we do the best we can. And maybe they had a mentor that wasn't always the best at directing them. And so they're doing the best they can with you. And it's, it's not always a great experience. So sharing that feedback and then also taking things into your own hands as often as you can as well. So many options for personal development out there. I am constantly looking on Audible to see what kind of books there are that can help me have more perspective in my leadership thinking. Podcasts, especially easy way to consume content when I'm on the go. What's going to help me have additional perspective to be a better leader to my team and to continue to grow and to expand kind of what that bigger picture looks like for me and taking whatever opportunities, especially the thing I, I that drives me most crazy is when there are opportunities for career development and people aren't taking them because they feel like they have so many other things they need to do that they don't prioritize themselves. And if you are not prioritizing yourself each week for your professional development, 
I that's the one thing I feel like I have the most regret on is not taking more time a little bit out of my week, 15, 30 minutes per week on me so that I felt like I was having that growth. I could not agree more, Nicole, you know, having taken the bull by the horn, so to speak, you know, in really owning your own destination rather than allowing others to make to make decisions for you or about you is so important. And in in some of the really great women leaders that that I that I've had the privilege to work with and work for, they've done exactly that. What you what you talked about, you know, they've they've owned their seat at the table. They've owned their ascent. They made time to constantly be learning and constantly be be out there positively networking with us. And it was never about the office politics. It was always about how can I become better so that I'm basically making the decision about where I want to be as opposed to somebody else making that decision for me. So that's great. Hey, we, we've, we're getting close to the end here, but you know, as we wind up our conversation today, what would be the top three takeaways you would want viewers to remember from today's conversation? A big takeaway is learning how to become an ally to others in the workplace. And in this sense, I'm talking about whether you are male, female, however you identify with as a gender, figuring out how you can become an ally to at least one other person in the workplace. How can you help them have more of a voice in meetings? How can you help them feel more confident Maybe they shared something and you could tell that they were a little bit nervous or apprehensive or maybe they need, you know, a high five or like, hey, thank you so much for your input, your feedback. That looks like find someone who you can help lift up. And as you start to build that relationship, you'll start spreading that elsewhere as well. I love, you know, my podcast is for women, but I love when men listen in and they can get that additional perspective of, oh, wow, I never thought like I've never had that issue in the workplace of not feeling like I could speak up in a meeting. I didn't know that was an issue for certain people and sometimes especially women. So you're you're learning ways and you're like, oh, I can become an ally to a female coworker and and help support her in, you know, speaking up or feeling more confident as well. Another part is that mentorship, proactively seeking that out and and not feeling like you're ever a burden to the person you're reaching out to. You're always, you know, in that that episode five, I talk about ways to uh, approach that on LinkedIn to where you're messaging someone and then you say, hey, no worries if this is, you know, if you have too much on your plate, I would, I, I appreciate any time that I'm able to meet with you and kind of outlining what that could look like so that the potential mentor also knows kind of what to expect, especially if they don't consider themselves as one. So setting expectations with mentorship. And then the third one would be taking control of your your journey into, you know, your career, recognizing that it is not your leader's responsibility to to help you get promoted. That sure it looks great for them, so they might have that passion and some leaders are really amazing at it and others aren't. So if you're not getting that from your direct leader, find other leaders in your organization or, you know, the mentorship path and taking ownership of things that you can do on your own so that you aren't later regretting the things that you didn't take action on. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. So just, just real quick, just a speed round, right? Real quick right here. So what fact about Nicole would people be surprised to learn about you? 
Mm, when I was thinking about this, I, I thought of several different things, but in this in this conversation specifically, I think people would be surprised to learn that I didn't do any college. I am very proud of the fact that I don't have a college degree and I've learned so much on the job over my years in in different industries of really saying like, I'm here to soak it all in and be you know, like so moldable. I don't have any preconceived, you know, ideas or notions of what I think it should be. I come in with that, like soak it all in and let me see how I can best benefit this organization where it's at right now. And I've received a lot of compliments from other, you know, CEOs and leaders who I've worked with that are surprised by like, not surprised, but like impressed of like the knowledge that I've gained over time. And I love being that mentor to other people to say, you don't need a college degree to get amazing opportunities. And I, I feel like I am proof of that. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what is your ideal off the grid location? Mm. Well, we're about to head out to Fish Lake that's here locally in Utah. There is no service. We head up and camp with my husband and his family and uh, one of my favorite places to go because it's so peaceful. I love Love being up in nature. If it's not there, not so much off the grid because I still have service, but I love snowboarding here locally in Utah. It's something that makes like brings so much peace. And I love going snowboarding by myself and just enjoying nature. Oh man. And and you know, previously living in Utah myself, I mean, I mean, probably one of the most beautiful states I've ever been to definitely of having the uh, the privilege of living there you know as well i mean the mountains i mean the snow I, it, it's just it's just amazing out there uh, my my favorite drive is coming through from park city down to down to the valley through i80 and i mean it's just amazing that drive i love it no matter what time of year that is a beautiful route absolutely exactly exactly <laughs> so if someone wants to learn more about the work that you do you just want to have that conversation about things that they may be struggling with. How should they go ahead and contact you? Yeah, yeah. So I definitely say start off with that episode number five over on any podcast app that you're tuning into. One of my most popular episodes is episode number 30, how to confidently ask for a raise by far. It's the biggest, biggest impact for people looking for that. But I would say if you're a company tuning in and you're thinking, wow, we really need to make some changes and figure out how to provide more support for our females in the workplace who aspire to grow, whether that makes them leaders in their title or leaders leaders as themselves in their current positions, because I absolutely believe there can be both. And for that, you can reach out via email through my company, Grovio. The email is info at hellogrovio.com. So H-E-L-L-O-G-R-O-W-V-I-O.com. That is awesome. Nicole, thank you very much for your time today. It is so much appreciated. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too, Mark. All right. I hope you loved today's conversation that I had as a guest on Mark Brody's Coffee Talk with Brohawk. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. I will link his information in the show notes as well. I want to end by asking a question. Have you checked out the Future Leaders program yet? As I mentioned in the beginning, I currently have availability and am offering some spots at 50% discount. So you're going to want to check those out before they sell out. And did I tell you the best part? 
when you join the Future Leaders program, not only do I work with you for the dedicated eight weeks in the program to help you to develop the different skills that you will need to transition into a leadership role more easily, I'm going to work with you until you actually get promoted. So that is my guarantee that if you sign on to this program, I will work with you until the word leader is in your title. What are you waiting for? Go check it out. I can't wait to see you in a future cohort. All right, until next time, we'll see you later.